Hello, and welcome to the Nashville Sounding Board, the new podcast dedicated to discussing social and political issues in the Nashville community. I'm your host, Benjamin Eagles. Today, for our fourth episode, I'm joined by Councilman Jeremy Elrod, who represents Council District 26 and was a lead sponsor for the legislation to get the Transit Improvement Program on the ballot on May 1st. Councilman Elrod, thanks so much for being my guest. The first of a four-part series about the transit plan leading up to the historic vote on May 1st. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. A few rapid-fire questions for you to get things started. Uh, What's the first news site you check in the morning? Um, Twitter, because I try to follow uh, wide... I mean, we, I think we're all in our own, um, you know, echo chambers at times, but I try to follow folks that have different opinions of mine. Um, but and then also since, you know, the 2016 election, there's daily breaking news and it's usually Twitter or mm-hmm. if anything else, just my notifications on my phone can blow up, you know, what the president's tweeted at the beginning of the day. So probably just the notifications on my phone and Twitter. What's your favorite sports team? Um, probably UT football. Um, and, I didn't grow up watching hockey, but the Predators, uh, Cardinals, uh, Titans, but probably UT football right now. So um, we're excited and have some optimism, and hopefully that will actually play out this time for the third or fourth time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how often do you ride the bus? Um, I don't much, to be honest with you. Um, When I have, I've tried to do it from where I live. I live in Creve Hall, uh, the very south end of it. It's not an easy walk to a bus station at all. I've had it, I'm in part of the town where I have to actually drive to a bus station or to a bus stop and ride the bus. But also my office is in Brentwood, so there's not a bus that goes south. Part of my day job is downtown, so I'll probably start riding the bus at least some. But I'd have to drive, you know, five, ten minutes to a bus stop to get there. So my, I'm not the most convenient location to a bus stop. And that's, I guess, where the parking rides would really come yep. in handy. And best food truck in Nashville? I mean, grilled cheesery is probably a good staple. That was one of the first ones. Um, and there's the one, um, Hoss's Burgers. I like the cheese that's in the middle of the burgers. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. several. I mean, there's so many now, and I haven't eaten at many of them. I'm kind of missing out on them. So, but there's a, there's so much good food in the city. It's we're pretty fortunate now. So, in District 26, what's the most underrated attraction? I'd probably do two things. The Nashville Zoo, even though folks know about the Nashville Zoo, um, just because of how good it has been, how good it's becoming, because they're they're investing a lot of money in new exhibits. And then Plaza Mariachi, I know folks that's starting to get out there, but that was something that was an old Kroger, you know, empty building that a businessman developer in town has built it up into a good international food and event space. And really just a community center. There have been a lot of community events there. The transit, you know, for transit, transit campaign launch. kicked off there. Yeah. Um, but they've got food, shopping, restaurants. Um, they've got a spa in there, an art gallery. So I'd say that. And then probably Alton Ag, I guess, is, is the other one. So Very nice. So I guess to get started, explain the transit plan for us and why you sponsored the legislation. Sure. Um, I'll probably start with the second one first. Uh, is... My day job, I worked for a little over 10 years or 12 years, I forget how long, at the legislature working on transportation issues. I worked for the House Transportation Committee um, in the legislature for Republicans and Democrats. My dad's still an engineer at TDOT. He designs bridges. So it's kind of always been an interest of mine. Um, whenever we travel somewhere, my wife and I, we don't go to the beach much. We usually go to other cities and I force her to ride uh, transit. And it's just, it's, Whenever I go to larger cities, which Nashville is starting to become one, 
transit is just a vital backbone of any kind of city. You know, you, you walk to transit, you walk back and forth. And we only went places in most of those cities if it was close to a transit stop. And so the transit plan, right now we have, I would say, an adequate bus system in the city. I mean, I remember even in Creve Hall, the bus used to go further back into the neighborhood, but it has had cut back several years ago. Um, but we need a better bus system, um, and then we need other modes of transportation and that the light rail portion of that. So is really important, I think. So you've got the bus system, bus improvements, which is um, stops every 15 minutes and longer hours. So particularly for folks that are working in and out downtown late or other parts of the city, they can use transit instead of trying to park um, downtown, drive downtown, you know, back and forth late at night. The light rail, which uh, is something that was pretty strong in the community meetings and the community engagements that folks are wanting. And so I'd say, you know, that's the plan. It's, you know, bus and light rail, I've kind of, it sounds kind of simple, but it's a lot of money to build it and to invest in it. I know that's the hard part of the plan, but with the way state government is and the federal government is, NASA's going to have to bear this burden on ourselves um, because the surrounding counties don't want to help us right now. The state doesn't want to help us, uh, although they did give us the option to have the local option. Um, But the federal government, with their cuts right now, we're not going to get any additional dollars other than what's in some of the programs that we'll be taking advantage of. But Nashville has to stand on its own and invest in this on its own. So the Let's Move Nashville Transit Improvement Program involves improvements, as you said, to the bus system, as well as the five light rail lines, which for those of you who don't know are uh, Gallatin Pike, Charlotte, Nolensville, Murfreesboro Pike, and then the Northwest route. Bus rapid transit was a component of the 25-year in-motion strategic plan, but is noticeably absent from the proposal on the ballot May 1st. The transit improvement program includes something called rapid bus service, which in-motion described as BRT without dedicated bus lanes, or as a more fully featured version of MTA's existing BRT light service. Uh, bus rapid transit appears to be a cheaper alternative to light rail. So can you explain why the plan favors light rail over BRT? Um, sure. I think, um, you know, right after the, in the immediate years after the plan gets approved, which I think it will, um, they are going to be making the investments in the, um, in the bus system as we, as we've got now. It's going to take a while to, you know, design the light rail system, you know, get down to the, you know, the actual details along each of the corridors. Um, but in the meantime, for the next 10, 15 years, we're going to have a greatly improved bus system. That is what a lot of folks are wanting. But as we're growing as a city, we're going to need more options. And those buses are going to be sitting in a lot of the same traffic that we already have now. And with as much growth we're seeing every day, you know, whether it's 60, 80, 100 folks or whatever the number is moving to Nashville, the Nashville area. You know, this isn't just going to be incremental traffic increases. It's going to be exponentially getting worse every year. And so that light rail is going to be dedicated and uh, we'll be moving, you know, no, no matter what the traffic is. And also it was something that the community really wanted. I know it's, you know, it's a high price tag, but that was mentioned in a lot of the discussions around it. But it's something that the community, um, the public wanted. And so that's what the plan has and it pays, and pays for it too. Gotcha. And you mentioned traffic. And I've heard you mention before that traffic is the number one issue facing Nashville in your mind. Why traffic as the number one issue over some other issues uh, such as our schools, criminal justice, or maybe affordable housing? Sure. Um, those are all schools, particularly in my mind, is really important. And affordable housing as well. And there's some others, crime, safety, helping our youth in, in, in a lot of different ways, whether it's 
education or crime, which is, of course, in the link, but that's a topic for another conversation. Um, but transit and traffic and transportation is really a backbone infrastructure system that we are behind in or um, about to be left behind in. Education is something, at least as a councilman, I tried to uh, be as involved in as possible, but the school system handles that. Um, affordable housing, the council has taken some uh, um, some action to deal with that, but we haven't, our traffic and transportation infrastructure is to the point where we need to make some bold steps. You know, we've tried to make incremental process, whether it's, you know, retiming traffic lights, putting more money in the budget for sidewalks, you know, that kind of thing, but it's not going to make the significant increases or improvements to our transportation infrastructure like a transit system is. And traffic is something, and it is something that touches everything else, whether it's education, getting to school, or, you know, affordable housing that, you know, if you have a inexpensive way to get to your house or to work, you know, back and forth, that makes a lot more housing in Nashville affordable or accessible to folks. So, you know, it touches so much of the rest of your lives, you know, going back and forth to work, going to the grocery store, and people need more choice, they need more options. We have to go from a city that thinks of our transportation infrastructure just being roads. It's, you know, it's roads, it's sidewalks, it's bike lanes, it's transit, it's greenways, it's bike lanes, it's all kinds of stuff together. Cities that are going to be our size or cities that are what we're going to be in a few years have a big, robust transit system. And that's what we're lacking. And it takes 20, 30 years to build. Some folks think we're behind. I think we're behind in some areas. But right now, I think we're in the perfect spot to invest in it. And that's why we need to do something now and not wait on it. Are you at all concerned about the impact on traffic that uh, roughly 14 years of transit construction would do? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I think anybody that's lived in Nashville has tried to drive on the interstate in the summer gets frustrated Mm -hmm. about, you know, lane shutdowns and lane closures. You know, I would say two things that one is with any kind of large infrastructure plan, there has to be, you know, a lot of pain or inconvenience while it's being built. But in the end, you're getting something that will be a real benefit to the community. That's why the uh, transits, the light rail plans you know, not every quarter is going to be built at once. They're doing it, you know, one at a time or doing it progressively. So it's not just, hey, for about 10, 15 years, all the corridors in Nashville are shut down. They're doing it, you know, in steps. And one final question about traffic. The research on mass transit's impact on traffic congestion seems to be mixed, uh, largely due to the concept of induced demand. Mm -hmm. The traffic thins initially, but then goes back to being bad as better traffic encourages more drivers kind of largely the way that the transit plan is being sold as a solution to traffic. Should we be focusing more on the other benefits of transit? Um, in what way? What kind of other benefits? Like, I think we're looking at all the benefits of the transit plan now, and it's going to be, you know, we're, the national voters are voting on a fairly broad plan, but it's not, but it's flexible and it's basically a set of guardrails for, for Nashville to, you know, work with them for the next 30 years. Um, you know, but there is certainly induced demand. If you build a, you know, an extra lane of traffic, then, you know, yes, traffic's good for a while, but then people, you know, I think there's a good example of that's uh, south of us in Brentwood and Franklin is whenever they add an extra lane of traffic, it's good for a few months or a few years, but eventually those lanes fill up. Um, you, you know, it's more, not just that you need to give, you know, another lane of traffic, you need to give them more options. For instance, it's my area in South Nashville where I live in Creve Hall or Caldwell Abbey Hall, but we'll say the, the 
the intersection of Harding and Nolensville. It's right in between I-65 and I-24. Right now, you can drive up Nolensville Road, drive up I-65 or I-24, or take the bus up Nolensville Road. You know, you've got options, and that helps traffic in South Nashville. Uh, if you, but if you want to come from Antioch or North Nashville, you have, uh, you know, limited options. But if you have a dedicated, you know, light rail coming down Gallatin Road or going up Nolensville Road, that's another option. And that gives, you know, relief to I-24, the folks that want to drive up Nolensville Road or the folks that want to drive up I-24. So it induces demand, but it also induces growth to where, you know, that's going to make those corridors a lot more attractive for growth, but it puts it on transit lines. So folks that want to, you know, not own a car or don't want to drive around a lot, they have an option to where they can use transit, whether it's, you know, the improved bus services coming or then the light rail that will come after that. And then, you know, whatever else comes along as far as driverless cars or, um, you know, Lyft, Uber integration with the transit system, they're able to do that, you know, a lot better locally. Where right now you have to go from, if you want to, you know, travel across the city, you just have to do it um, using Lyft or Uber in one car where you, with this, you can have it uh, where you can just do it within your neighborhood. It's a lot cheaper option. Speaking of the driverless cars, many critics of the Let's Move Nashville plan have cited autonomous cars as a reason to shy away from investing in mass transit. Their logic seems to be that driverless cars are on the way, so we shouldn't spend billions to put rail lines down the middle of our roads. Now, the obvious retort has been that driverless cars are still vehicles and thus will not diminish traffic congestion. But what about autonomous buses, not cars? Would a fleet of driverless minibuses be a game changer for mass transit, making it cheaper to scale up the frequency and reach of our bus routes? Sure, potentially. Transit plan that's on the ballot doesn't prevent something like that. It just says that there will be, you know, improved bus service and there will be light rail, you know, generally as corridors. But as the city goes along, you know, if a recession hits or, you know, we have great increased growth in what we're planning then we're able to be flexible with that and technology is included in that, whether it's driverless cars of some folks won't just want to get in the car from their house and drive all the way downtown. Well, that'd be more, that will be more expensive than if you ride light rail, say to Nolensville and Harding, where there'll be a transit center where you can get off there and get in a lot shorter, um, you know, ride to your house in a, in a car. Um, you know, autonomous buses are certainly something that's, you know, possible. Um, but, but, you know, it, whether it's autonomous buses or, you know, buses that have a human driver, they're still sitting in traffic where light rail will be a dedicated line. And as we grow as a city, you know, developers are going to see, for instance, again, out, out in my area or in Gallatin or Road or Charlotte, they're going to, those developers are going to know, hey, start buying up land in this area or start um, seeing where can I, you know, invest in these areas because I know in 15, 20, 30 years, there's going to be a really robust transit system here and development can change. But still, I know in Nolensville Road, I want investment down Nolensville Road, but I want it to still keep the same character that it has now. So, you know, make smart investments there. And that's where I think it's important for, you know, future folks on the council. Once my time is done and, you know, the mayor's time is is done as mayor, you know, many mayors and many councils from now, they're going to be making these decisions, and it's important for not just the elected officials, but also everybody in Nashville and the community to stay engaged on it to make sure that those decisions are made well. So this isn't just something we pass in May and then it's done. There's going to be a thousand other conversations to have on every corridor as far as where stops are, um, how development's going to go, and that kind of thing. So that's why that's why I like the plan. Is get is it. It puts down the bold blueprint that gives us guidelines and guardrails, but then we fill in the spaces then over the next several years. And 
that get, uh, provides a lot more community feedback and input into how that gets laid out. So we've talked a lot about the light rail lines and the improvements to the bus system. The tunnel, though, is perhaps the most interesting and eye-catching part of the transit proposal. Yes. Uh, the downtown tunnel would be 1.1 miles long from portal to portal, running from the Music City Central Terminal at Fifth Avenue and Gay Street, down uh, below Fifth Avenue to Leah Avenue, south of downtown. At a year of expenditure price tag of just over $1.1 billion, the downtown tunnel is the most expensive single component of the transit plan. The scale of the ridership projections for the tunnel are very impressive. The Let's Move Nashville plan estimates that between 24,000 and 28,000 passengers will use the downtown tunnel on an average weekday. To put that number in perspective, MTA and RTA combined carried about 33,000 passengers per weekday in 2017. So can you pitch our listeners on the tunnel? Sure, absolutely. Um, when I first heard of the tunnel, I thought it was nuts, you know, to be honest with you, because during, I was part of a lot of the in-mo, or not a lot of, but some of the in-motion discussions um, in attending meetings, and there was, you know, we don't dig in Nashville because we have limestone. Um, that was what we were told, and when you look at the in-motion plan that was adopted, there was a big gray box of how to figure out downtown um, and the connections. Um, but the experts that have looked at this, the engineers, the traffic experts, point out to me, and I think to others, and that's why it's in the plan, is a tunnel is the best option for getting traffic through downtown. Um, it's expensive, but it's something that's going to be there ideally forever. Um, you know, there'll be some construction issues, I'm sure, but it's the best way to move traffic, uh, north, south through downtown. You know, if you drive down downtown, you know, just if you drive down either commerce or church or, you know, Broadway, if you look left and right through all those avenues, those are two lane streets. We're going to have increased bus service, light rail, and downtown will be more of a choke point than it is now. Um, if you try to go on surface streets, you know, you'd have to dedicate probably one or two avenues, second or third or fourth or fifth, just to transit to go back and forth. So this is the best option to get transit, whether it's, you know, buses or light rail through downtown. Um, there also helps, helps when we have buses or transit stops downtown, for instance, you know, at Fifth and Broadway at the development there or the arena. Um, you know, they can just go down, um, take an elevator down to the bus stop or the light rail stop and get to wherever they want to go in the city on the transit system. And it helps get, you know, you can potentially get on a bus or get on light rail and say, again, in my district, I use it as an example at Char at uh, Harding and Nolensville and get on a light rail and not have to get off and go all the way to, you know, Northwest Nashville or East Nashville. And this facilitates that where you don't have to make, you know, a couple of different connections. You know, that helps folks in my area that want to visit downtown or East Nashville. But I think more importantly, it's the folks that have first, second, and third jobs that they need to get to. So, you know, the same with engineers is you give them enough money, they can solve just about any kind of problem. Um, but I've had uh, extensive discussions with the engineers and the folks that put the plan together about how they've looked at costs, um, overruns, and that kind of thing. And they've used standard formulas that have been put in place that are used around, not just in the United States, but around the world, about how much it costs to dig through uh, rock like we have downtown. Um, and the estimates, they've got a lot of padding or a lot of contingency in that number. Now, that's not to say they won't hit something or something won't happen or there will be a recession and we may have to scale it back or push it back. Um, but it's, it's expensive, but it's probably the biggest part of the biggest investment in the plan that will get some of the most benefit that of folks that aren't around it. Um, you know, if you're living in, out in my district or in Northwest Nashville or North Nashville or East, 
um, that'll help you get to other parts of town a lot easier, um, even though that individual investment's not in your part of the, uh, the city. Local option surcharges make up the largest source of funding for the plan, and the sales tax increase, ultimately a 1% increase after phasing up from half percent, makes up the largest portion of that tax revenue. Davidson County sales tax would tie Chicago for the highest in the country. A sales tax is generally regarded as a regressive tax because the poor spend a higher percentage of their income. Uh, what is your response to citizens concerned about the tax burden resulting from this plan's tax increase? And I know there's a, there's a graph going around, and I know that you've shared, I think it was created by the chamber, that shows that Nashville would still be below the median for overall tax percentage. And I, I couldn't find much background on that graph, but I assume the math there includes property taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of us who don't own property, um, the sales tax would still be the focus. So what would be your uh, response to concerns about the sales tax? Um, first of all, I, I would say I share your share your concerns. I, went, I worked at the legislature during the income tax you know, discussion and you know, that resulted in, you know, a sales tax increase and a sales tax increase is absolutely, you know, can be a regressive tax. Um, the, you know, the state has tried to make steps into improving that about, um, reducing it on food. Um, but it's still a regressive tax. But unfortunately, you know, as local government, you know, kind of get into the weeds a little bit, the state sets what taxes we as local governments can use or have. Um, and they only really give us a handful of them. And the best one to raise revenue that isn't um, even more aggressive, say like a uh, car tag or fee or something like that, um, is a sales tax. So it would hurt some lower income folks, perhaps. But that's why the what's included in the plan is that lower income folks have uh, will get free bus passes, free transit passes, you know, to help those folks use it to help try to offset some of that. But it's also a tax that is paid by a lot of folks that visit here. You know, we've got a lot of folks that work in Nashville and Davidson County that live in, you know, in neighboring counties. They would pay that. But I think most importantly, tourists that come here, you know, that spend a lot of money downtown and in other parts of the city will be paying it. Um, And it's the best revenue generator and one of the most dependable ones, which I think is Important if you're going to have dedicated revenue, you want that revenue to be stable. And sales tax revenue is the most stable of the options that we have. I'm not the happiest. Nobody's happy about raising taxes, and I'm not exactly enthused about the sales tax. But it's the best mechanism with the it's the best of the of the bad options that we have. But it's it's you know also the number going around is at least half of uh, the taxes that are paid for the plan are going to be paid for folks outside of Davidson County. I know that doesn't, you know, for somebody that's uh, low income or is working two or three jobs to get even a decent income, that doesn't give them much solace, but it's the best of the bad options that we can uh, put out there. And, and that's why it's in the plan. Sure. So some other cities have implemented a tax on downtown commercial parking with revenue going towards mass transit. And I suppose the idea there is to align the incentives created by mm-hmm. the tax with what you're trying to encourage, which is use of mass transit. Is a downtown parking tax something that would make sense to implement in Nashville? Potentially. Again, I'd have to look at legally that we've, you know, I've had discussions with with folks about what we legally can or can't do. But I think that's certainly an option, maybe not in this plan, but have that go into something, you know, that could also help either, maybe not necessarily transit, but something transportation oriented, whether it's I don't know, offset uh, ridership for low income folks or, you know, middle income folks or, I don't know, but there's certainly, you know, and other cities have tried to de incentivize 
driving your car downtown. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that one of those ways is, you know, a, a tax on parking. But also, you know, parking is pretty expensive as it is. And even in San Francisco where they have, you know, a lot of transit, their parking is high and they have a lot of complaints about it. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to balance it of, you know, what's the benefit of the tax? What is it going to? But is that going to de-incentivize folks not drive, not just driving downtown, but even going downtown, whether that's folks that want to go out downtown for a night out, see a Predators game or Titans game? I don't know. We'd have to absolutely look at it and where the money would go in the future. Much of the focus has been on the capital costs of the transit plan, uh, the cost of building out the light rail system. Uh, the ballot on May 1st, the language will read, this transit program's capital cost is estimated to have a present-day value of $5.3 billion, and the program is estimated to require $8.95 billion in revenue through 2032. Once construction is complete, the estimated present-day value of recurring annual operating and maintenance cost is approximately $99.5 million. Um, not as much attention has been paid to that last number, the operating costs mm-hmm. of the system. The current operating budget of our MTA system happens to be almost exactly that amount, $99 million for fiscal year 2017. And in 2032 dollars, the $99.5 million uh, reference in the plan for operating costs uh, rises to just over $130 million. So does the operating cost of $99.5 million represent the total cost of operating our transit system, or is that only for the new additions? Mm, I don't know, to be honest with you. I, th- I okay. think it's for the new additions, but I'd have to check on that. Okay. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it's for the new additions. Obviously, there would be some some economies of scale, and you would, if you have a light rail down Gallatin, you would take out the cost of operating the BRT light, for instance. To operate our total system in 2032, you'd be looking at like $130 million plus whatever it costs to run our legacy system. But I, I would imagine yeah, it was, it's the it's the it's the operating for the new because that's what we're approving. Okay. You know, the five point three mil, billion for the capital is new. Just so I would imagine that ninety nine um, million operating is is all new dollars as well. Okay, gotcha. And then, um, what are some misconceptions that you've heard about the transit plan that especially frustrate you as a supporter? Um, well, we talked about you know the driverless cars and um, and some of the other things of the taxes which. Um, is a uh, necessary but not popular component of it. Um, probably the other one which I sympathize also with, um, it's not necessarily frustrating, it's understandable, but uh, is that we need to have a regional plan before we do anything here in Nashville. That frustrates me as a, not just as a councilman, but as a, as a Nashvilleian that I don't want to have to wait on you know, cities or counties like uh, Williamson, um, Rutherford, Wilson counties that are um, right now very conservative or, uh, you know, and look down a lot on increasing taxes um, and waiting on them to be able to fund uh, a transit plan for Nashville. That's something that's something that I like about the plan. Nashville's plan is that it can be totally self-supported within Nashville. As I've said before in other places, Nashville is is in is in a lot of ways is a leader in the region. You know whether it's you know economic development growth or that kind of thing. With transit and transportation, we're going to, have to do the same thing. The state's not going to come in and help fund or plan for a regional transit system. So we have to do it amongst ourselves. With Davidson County taking the lead, and then once I you know once Davidson County starts getting a robust transit system in place, 
you know, there's going to be, I think the counties surrounding us are going to be willing to tie into the system, the light rail system, the bus system. And that's also a good aspect of the plan is once those other counties and communities are ready to invest in it and have their own referendums, of, you know, willing to raise their own taxes, that they're ready to tie into our light rail system. So if you want to have a regional plan, I wish we could too. But this is the circumstances that we have. Nashville has to take the lead. We've taken the lead in a lot of areas in the region. Transit is going to have to be one. And then I think the other counties, once they realize how successful it is and how people in their own communities are going to want it, they're going to be ready to tie in. But we can't wait for the other counties to uh, want to try to help people get to Nashville because or live in Nashville. Um, we're going to have to do it on our own first. But I think I'm pretty confident they're going to be ready to follow. I guess in, in light of recent events within the city, are you more or less confident that the transit plan is going to pass on May 1st? Um, I think, well, like a lot of folks, I had um, some concerns there um, for a while that we took a pretty big hit as far as, uh, you know, the transit plan, you know, passing. And now not so much because I think, you know, we've had a lot of events, you know, happening in the past several weeks and a lot of, uh, you know, announcements like the mayor's announcement. But I think people are pretty focused and want to tackle um, traffic. You know, it's just like any other kind of election. Um, people don't sometimes don't tune in towards the end. And so I think people are starting to tune in to it, um, particularly now that the council has taken their action. Um, but I'm starting to get cautiously optimistic again. And I think we'll, people are willing to bet that we need something like this. It's going to cost us, um, but they're going to be paying attention to it, um, if for nothing else, because they have to, because every day they get in their car, they see the symptom of the problem we're trying to fix. Mm-hmm. And what are your aspirations personally in terms of higher office? If I run for re-election, win re-election. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I told my wife when I ran for council that um, we'll decide, you know, closer to re-election time, you know, whether or not to run for re-election. So I try every day to do as much as I can because, you know, I might not run for re-election. I have every intention to right now, but I've got two kids that are three and a half, and every one of the council has family members that they'd like to see more. Um, but I really enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, I like making a difference. I know I enjoy it. I, we get to help people on a small basis, you know, on small things, you know, whether it's trash pickup or on big issues like transit. I enjoy it. It's a passion of mine. I've worked in state government. Um, I work around state government now. Um, I like helping people. I don't know what the future is. I've, either with my family, my job, or whatever else is the, I guess is the Keith Overman saying is, you know, when a, somebody was listed on the injury report as day to day, well, heck, we're all day to day. So, yeah. <laughs> well said. Uh, so to close out the show, I'll give you about 30 seconds to give us your best pitch for the transit plan and why you think voters need to support it on May 1st. Uh, well, first, you know, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate listening to your um, three episodes so far. I've listened to all of them. And while I haven't agreed with some of the positions of the folks, I tried to listen to, to them and get more educated about them. And they may even change my mind a little bit. Um, as far as transit is, is it's the number one issue in Nashville. We can't make small changes. We can't wait for technology to save us. The city that we are now and the city that we're going to become and how big we're going to become, we're not a small town anymore. We're going to be a large city a large, and one of the largest uh, metropolitan areas in the country. And cities like ours need a robust transit system. And whether you ride the bus now or not, or whether you want to ride the bus in the future or light rail, we need to invest in it. And it's an overall part of our transportation system. And you have to have all the components working together. You just can't have great roads. You need 
you know, good roads, good streets, good sidewalks, you know, good bus service, good light rail service, uh, bike lanes, greenways, all the different kinds of things working together. And we're deficient in one of the most important ones that move around a lot of people at once and really help people that are in the lower income spectrum get to and from work or to the store. And it's one of the biggest areas that we have as a deficit as a city, and this is going to greatly improve it. If we want to be continue to be an attractive city, not just a knit city, but an attractive city, we're going to have to be able to move people around efficiently and give them more options. And right now, you really just have uh, one option uh, for most people, and that's in a car. The city that we're going to become, we need this type of transit system, and I think people are going to prove, uh, agree with me and vote uh, to approve it in May. Well, again, thanks so much for agreeing to do the interview, and thanks for everyone for listening, and please tune in next time in two weeks for another interview with a different perspective on the transit proposal. Great. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. As a quick note, if you're enjoying the Nashville Sounding Board, please leave a review or a rating on the Apple Podcasts app or your app of choice.